From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. Presented by 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston, I am your host, KG Smooth. Well, you, you heard them last week, and they are back again. But we're here <laughs> to talk about um, some some other things that they've got going on. All of the general great things that they have going on. Please welcome back on the show. Here's the president and CEO of the Houston Area Urban League, Mr. Judson Robinson III. My hey, guy, good to see you. KG, great to be back. Yes, indeed. Thanks for having us. And he is the senior vice president. At, Senior Vice President right. of the Houston Area Urban League. Yes, sir. That's correct. Thank you. Mr. Eric Goody. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Good, good, good to, to see, see you, you again. Yes, Eric sir. and I, we were at an event uh, last Friday uh, talking about uh, black men's mental health at the Health Museum. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was great. Critically important. Yeah. So topical and such an issue that affects our community. With great conversation, great clinicians, great sponsors and supporters. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. And and shout out to the Health Museum for, for having that. And, and Mr. Edward Lee. What's up, Edward? And it's on your boy. But uh, yeah, Hall, Urban League. I want to get to the, the basics of the Urban League. Can we just start with the history the history of the Urban League, either, sure. either as a hold on a national front or yeah. right here in Houston. Um, yeah. A lot of people don't know how the Urban League came about. Right. What, what, what is that story? Right. Well, it was really a continuation of a movement uh, that began at the turn of the century. Mm. Uh, what, what really happened in Houston in the 60s when major cities in L.A. and Chicago and other locations had all kinds of civil unrest, uh, the city leaders in Houston were looking for ways to offset that potential of happening here in our city. Uh, so if anybody's ever been to the to the uh, Galleria, they've heard of the Galleria. Well the developer of that of that of that place was Gerald Hines. Gerald Hines was a city leader back in those days. Mm-hmm. And he got with Quentin Meese, who was another city leader back in those days, uh, and said, Quentin, what can we do to make sure that Houston does not turn into an L.A. and have you know our buildings being firebombed and people riding in the streets and people getting injured and the whole bit? And, and Quentin talked about what we did have in the city and what we did not have. And we did not have an organization that focused on equal rights and housing and making sure that people had access to jobs, making sure that people had access to uh, good health and all those different types of things that are important to you know, any human being. So the Urban League was formed in 1968 as a response to, a preemptive response to, the things that were happening across the country. Mm. And since that time, we have been focusing on the core, you know, things that are successful, uh, that, that make you successful, such as a good education, a good job, um, you know, making sure that you have a place to, to live, making sure that you're healthy, uh, making sure if you want to start a business one day, that too is something that we can help you with, all at, at no charge. So, you know, through the help of sponsors, we're able to do these services uh, to ensure that people have access to, you know, these core, you know, cornerstones of a person's life. Mm. You know, Were KG, you? when mm-hmm. you talk about a legacy, very interestingly enough, along with Mr. Hines and Mr. Quentin Meese, there was other individuals like Dan Arnold and Aaron Farfell 
but also community leaders like Judson Robinson Sr., <laughs> Judson's grandfather, yeah. that participated in civic engagement at that time to bring the Urban League online. Mm. You know, nationally founded in 1910, so there was already a movement nationally. And then, of course, Houston coming online in 1968 with the mission to uh, empower uh, black people and other marginalized communities to secure economic self-reliance, parity, power, and civil rights through all of the core programming that Judson has just referenced. What was it like for you all growing up, um, seeing it in real time, experiencing um, it all? I mean, from the beginning to, to, to the rise to the... I don't know, I guess I guess we're kind of like flatlined a little bit now as we just, you know, coasting along. What was it like growing up here during that time? You know, KG, very interestingly enough, uh, another commonality that Judson's family and my family have is that uh, we attended parochial school. So in the 1960s, you know, I'm I'm attending a school, wearing a uniform every day, and just outside of the gates of St. Peter's the Apostle, we would see uh, my other peers going to public school. So for many, many years, you know, we were insulated based on a perception of what society represented and not not really having the experience of the racism uh, and the prejudice that existed. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, after, after parochial school and then getting into a public school environment, then you begin to kind of see exactly what that looked like and what that felt like. Um, and, you know, as a servant to the Urban League, it is our mission to try to uh, ensure that our youth and their families are not exposed to those kinds of tensions. And when they are, they understand how to appropriately respond uh, through capacity building, through advocacy, through efficacy, so that they know how, how to fight for themselves and take advantage of opportunities that might present themselves as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um we celebrated <clears throat> Pleasantville uh, this weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the reason was because it was the first kind of master plan community for black people mm-hmm. in the history uh, of the city of Houston back in the late 1940s, early 50s. And like Eric, you know, I grew up in an environment that was an all black neighborhood, it had a school in the neighborhood, it had a library in the neighborhood. Eventually, it had a swimming pool it had a recreation center you know so again we did not experience racism until we stepped outside of the cocoon mm-hmm. of our neighborhood so when i went to public school you know when i left pleasantville elementary and then went to public schools <clears throat> that's when i began to really understand you know why was my father attending meetings in the evening why were they having marches planned why were they you know, having to uh, picket certain businesses and to meet with city leaders and others to ensure that people had access to the rights that I took for granted mm-hmm. that we that we had. Uh, it was because, again, for for me, it wasn't <clears throat> the same for other people. <laughs> I grew up in a neighborhood where you know black was embraced from day one. Uh, we we sold the homes to the people who were the new proud owners of them. Uh, They worked uh, in and around the neighborhood at the Ship Channel or other places that were close by the neighborhood. I mean, it was moms stayed at home. It was that environment back in those days. 
Uh, but watching what was happening on television, hearing the discussions of the parents, um, learning more about what you had to fight for that you didn't think you had to, those were the eye-opening moments that really kind of helped shape our beliefs about service because we realized that not everyone got what we got. You had to be born to the right family, live in the right neighborhood, all those things that, mm-hmm. you know, tie to success in the traditional way. We had some degree of that. So what we try to do at the Urban League every day is make sure that if you don't have a job, we can train you so that you can get one. If you don't know about the process of buying a home or housing retention, we can help you with those lessons so that you're in a position to be ready to get your credit right and then move forward with home ownership. Or if you run into a bump in the road, we can help you to work with your lender to ensure that you don't lose your house. Uh, starting a small business, most people make the same common mistakes. Mm-hmm. We can walk you through that journey as well to ensure that you do not. So our, our intention is to make sure that people have access to equity. And we do that by, again, raising the money necessary to hire the professional professionals necessary to do the work so that people like the ones that lived outside Eric's neighborhood, they have access to it. Mm-hmm. Do you all offer, um, well, let me do a reset. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. Uh, we're speaking with Judson Robinson, President and CEO of the Houston Area Urban League, along with Mr. Eric Goody, who's the Senior Vice President. Um, oh, man, me doing that reset now, I done lost my uh <laughs> You were saying, do we offer when, something? And you were, oh, oh, oh. Um, in, in terms of that, you know, with equity and all of that, do you all offer education um on these things that uh, you all offer, because a, a lot of the um, a lot of reasons why we as a people have not um, getting to the place where we would like to mm-hmm. is due to the lack of information. Right. Right. You know. Right. And so with everything that you all do and all of the services that you offer through the programs, is there an educational opponent so that these people that are going through uh, these program can also learn that okay, this is how you do it, and so you won't have to, you know, depend on us forever type right. thing. Yeah. Eric, why don't you talk a little bit about the Center for Social Justice and how that is pivoting to not only help people understand what the Houston City Council does or County Commissioners Court or the state does, but mm-hmm. also all of those other issues and how that all ties into successful education, housing, workforce, entrepreneurship, and health. Absolutely. You know, KG, as a, an organization, we have a two-pronged approach to community engagement. One is advocacy. So we advocate in all of those core areas that we then provide direct services. Mm -hmm. So specific to your question, we are educating um, our clients, our constituents, and our stakeholders around those issues, the policies, the legislation that affects our community. We're then training and building capacity in those individuals so that they can become uh, advocates not only for themselves, but also which uh, in the communities that they reside. And what that looks like is, of course, a stronger individual with greater capability to uh, facilitate efficacy for themselves, mm-hmm. to understand when they are being subjected to something that is not right, but what is the appropriate methodolo- methodology to advocate for themselves. And then, of course, the ripple effect that has on the entire community becoming advocates around all of those core issues. And then, of course, we connect that with the direct services, uh, which range from 
mentoring and tutoring for the children in the independent school districts while simultaneously providing family and community engagement capacity building for the parents so that they can support the child in achieving academic excellence. For our home buyers, educating them from end to end, so first time home buyers, post home ownership counseling, foreclosure prevention, mortgage, mortgage modifications, uh, and all of those things, fair housing, which you know is really paramount right now. Uh, we are a HUD certified housing counseling agency. So as Justin indicated, our funding allows us to have professionals and subject matter experts that are delivering these services. In the Entrepreneurship Center, of course, providing small business group training and technical assistance, not only to those that are pre-venture, but those that are operational, as well as those that are at maturation and potentially looking for the next phase. So, you know, uh, um, leveraging their businesses, selling the businesses, and then opening up a new business. And we apply that same model to all of the core arteries that make up the Houston area urban league. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I'm talking about. And and to know that people don't even know that this is available to them. You know, back in the day, <clears throat> I could turn on Magic 102 mm-hmm. and maybe one of your competitor stations. On the AM dial, I had KCOH, I had KYOK. When I wanted to watch TV, I had 280-1113. Maybe a 20 was around, maybe a 26. Mm-hmm. I had about seven or eight different channels I could plug into to receive information. Today, I probably have 700 channels Talk about it. that I can plug into, right? So my attention and where it is and what's, you know, me trying to verify what's important and what's not best utilized utilization of my time, that's now a greater challenge for our people. And because most people, ourselves included, <clears throat> you know, we're kind of entertainment-based. What's fun? Right. What's interesting? Right. You know, what, what's what's immediate satisfaction, right? Mm-hmm. You know, learning the process of buying a home, you know, is kind of... It's kind of boring. A little boring, yeah, right? So, so we have a lot to continue to compete with to figure out how do we ensure that people who need the information are receiving the information and appreciating the information. So trying to get creative about what that really looks like is, you know, one of the reasons that we're here talking with you today. It's one of the reasons that, you know, Miss Pam McKay and, and the Urban League are partnering to host a golf tournament so that we can, again, you know, make sure more people know that we offer veteran services and that we can help you afford again foreclosure because we might be able to pay your rent next month or help your, you know, sister or your brother-in-law, your wife or somebody who is left behind if they qualify for the services that we have. So it's really about trying to enhance the channels in which we are available to people and make it, again, interesting enough mm-hmm. to where they view it as valuable. So, we, you know, we've, we've talked about partnership and we've talked about how we all work together to strengthen our community. Uh, we, we did something the other day. We're now working with the 100 Black Men, who's a sponsor here, mm-hmm. <clears throat> intentionally, you know, Really making sure that we're, we meet today, as a matter of fact, at 6 p.m., uh, working with the NAACP, working with the Black Chamber, making sure that, you know, whatever channels they're on that are different from mine, they're blending in some of my message, too. I'm so glad that right? that's happening. Mm-hmm. That so, needs to so, happen. So it's because it's just too much. It's, it's too it is, much. bro. It is. It is. The system has to be, you know, torn down, and we need to to build up a whole new one. And it just it warms my heart to hear that all of these other organizations, the the Urban League, 100 Black Men of Metropolitan Houston, the NAACP, are all 
you know, gathering. We're like Voltron. I don't know if y'all remember the cartoon <laughs> Voltron, you know, back in the days yeah, where, dude. you know, everybody had their different parts. You know, I was a left arm. Somebody was a right arm. Somebody was a left leg, <laughs> right. right leg. Somebody was head. And then, you know, they had their individual parts. And then when they came together to form Voltron, right. they beat everybody, everybody in the galaxy. Up. Right. So, yeah, we, we love that. These grants, you guys have some uh, upcoming grants um, in some other communities. Um, t- talk about that. How exciting is that? I mean, we always yeah, would like yeah, more exactly. money so we can have more services. Yeah. <clears throat> well, Eric uh, Goody here has been uh, with the agency for over 25 years. So there's no one that can explain our work in the entire agency than him, uh, honestly. So when you're able to, to communicate what you do and then able to actually – uh, do it, uh, then people start to pay attention, right? So we we tell people what we do. We have a degree of success with writing grants. The, the most recent grant and the most exciting grant is one that we didn't have to write for. Mm. Someone was just watching us, KG. Mm. Someone was just checking out black organizations that were doing the work, and they came across the Houston Area Urban League to the tune of $4.2 million. Wow. So that's that's one of those transformational gifts that will help us. Million? That wow. will help us to really transform our work. So now maybe we can get on more channels, right? Now we can maybe make sure that more people have access to what we're doing. We can have more locations where we're offering services. If you can't get to me in Sunnyside, yeah, maybe I can meet you in Fifth Ward, right? Yeah. So trying to expand the work, you know, a lot of times people want us to come up with these great big new ideas. And we're like, the ideas we have are fine. We right. just need to expand on what oh we're doing. Yeah. That's why I need you to help me. Because I can. I have a proven product to help you get a job. I have a proven product to help you buy a home, to help you start a business. I just need to expand the footprint. Now, we can have some great ideas. I'm sure we will, right? Because we're going to make sure that we invest for the future. Uh, but at the same time, we need to invest for today. What's working yeah. today? We definitely have to plug our upcoming mm. Equal Opportunity Day Gala. Oh, well, let's yeah. well let's talk about the gala then. Absolutely. <laughs> A celebration of black excellence uh, scheduled for December the 17th at the Hilton Americas. Oh, nice. Uh, you know, it, it's, it is just so refreshing to be unapologetically black. Yes. And uh, to celebrate one of the greatest the ev- excellence. Like, you all and the NAACP... No, wait, you, no, Urban League and UNCF. Those are my top two every year. Well, now that we're back out, so, you know, sure. I mean, we've missed a couple of years due to the due to that thing yeah. that went on. Um, but, yeah, y'all know how to put it down. Thank you. What is the theme for this year? Well, it is celebrating black excellence. We're going to really, we kind of looked around at, at the times, and we said, you know what, we have a, we have a black, president of our major universities, including Rice University. Mm. So yeah, we got one at TSU. We got one at U of H downtown. But we also have one for the first time over 100 years at a school that was founded on the on the backs of slaves. Mm. So we're going to celebrate this. Brother. Talk about it. We're going to celebrate. We're going to bring attention to this, this historic occurrence and make sure the world knows it. We're doing the same thing with, with HISD, Millard House, and course all our great coaches uh dusty baker and you know our rockets and our astros and our texans those all black brothers trying to you know do what they can do with the right. space that god has given them and the money their 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 uh ownership provided you know and given time you know those those 
two teams, the Rockets and the and the um, the Rockets and the Astros are number one. The Rockets and, and the, the Texans. Texans. Thank you. Those 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 brothers are going to be okay if we keep investing them, right? If we keep investing in that team, investing in their ability to coach, you know, they too will be a Dusty Baker one day. Mm-hmm. We just got to keep supporting black excellence. So we're going to focus on those those types of individuals here in our community that are making history. You can come in Black anyway. time, but be yeah. be ready to party yeah. Yeah. as well. So, yeah, save the date, December 17th right. at the Hilton Americas for uh, the Celebrating Black Excellence. So thank we you for letting us get way. that in. No, 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 absolutely. absolutely. No, thank thank you all. Thank you all again for coming on. Uh, and, and as I said, uh, we got more with the Houston Area and Urban League, uh, the encore conversation uh, with myself, Judson, and Joel about uh, veteran services. So, um, Judson Robinson. Eric Goody, thank you all so much. So good to see y'all. Pleasure. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Um, And we'll be back after this.